Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Now, as always, you got involved. You were very good. Today. Very, we very good. Impressed. Very good on your um, Diddy David Hamilton subject. Very good as well on the impending apocalypse, which yeah. isn't necessarily <laughs> happening. <laughs> it's not. Don't worry, Max. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit preemptive. Uh, Mark Watson joined us, comedian and Bristol City fan. He was on good form. We enjoyed our chat with Danny Kelly today on uh, My um, my Sporting Life. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we had a chat with Sam Avery, the Everton-supporting uh, comedian, and uh, you'll hear our various bits and pieces. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Ah, good afternoon, Paul. I know we're going we're gonna to talk to Philippe Auclair about the PSG game, aren't we? Um, yeah, we should, say, we should the, say that was uh, well done to Liverpool. We had a chat with comedian uh, Liverpool fan Adam Rowe yesterday, and he called it right. He didn't have defensive concerns, although had that one not hit the post and gone in, you wonder if the confidence may have drained from Liverpool after recent results at yeah. the start. But it didn't, and they took their chances well. And it did strike me that when Julian Nagelsmann is being linked with the Tottenham job, I thought... Defenders making individual errors, <laughs> setting up a defence to lose like that. He's got Tottenham written all over. Well, him, there was he? there was part of me wondering if they they concentrated too much on Liverpool's recent defending by studying the Liverpool team to see what to learn to do. They'd just been you know watching yeah. Allison and Kabak and then just thought we'll do the same things. I mean the uh, the Muschiali uh, mistake was yeah, brilliant. That was Sunday it, league, Gavison Muschiali was fantastic. <laughs> way he fell over his own feet, but you know Liverpool took their chances well, wasn't it? And uh, and, and it was a brilliant match, and they they played. It was very exciting because they both went for it, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, and that must be sort of a relief for Liverpool fans to watch a game where the opposition are also going for it. They are just sticking yeah. 10 men by the ball. Curtis Jones was great last night. Yeah, he he's a really exciting player, isn't he? And you wonder, he must be close. He's English, isn't he? He's as scout as they yeah, come, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, you wonder, he must be knocking on the door. I yeah. think, isn't he? I mean, I don't know how big the central midfield massive, door. That door's getting is. bigger. All yeah, it I mean, really it's a pretty is. big door. The, isn't sort it? Of, the, the sort of quick, wide, the skillful wide men number ten door is a very big door to try and knock yeah, on yeah, for yeah. Southgate. But he was brilliant. I thought that freed up Thiago a little bit because I, I, I sort of will Thiago to be brilliant because we know he's such a just the way he moves and the way he passes a football is is a total joy. Now they did really well, I think. And PSG were. PSG were great. A mate of mine in Australia sent me the international commentary of uh, when the uh, commentator really sticking his neck out by saying, 
Kylian Mbappe has a bright future ahead of him. Wow. <laughs> well, you, know. well, you remember where you heard it last. <laughs> That's the one. Meanwhile, Ian Dark said, um, yeah. so the Messi penalty, he said, there isn't a goalkeeper in the universe who could have saved that. Is is this the moment where we finally conclusively say there's no life beyond Earth? And yeah. who knew that Ian Dark would be the one to tell us all that that is it? There's no life yeah. beyond this Earth. Certainly one that could have stopped that pen. I mean, it was a good pen. A great but- pen. I wouldn't say it was unstoppable. I, I wouldn't there say are, there are some goalkeepers yeah. just outside the Milky Way who have an, ex- <laughs> who an excellent reach that. who could have stopped it. He also, Ian Dark, praised Glenn Hoddle um, for his ability to read lawns. Did you hear this bit? Because no. because uh, there was an offside decision. I think PSG scored one and it was disallowed for offside. And Glenn could see from the cut of the turf. You often uh. use the cut of the turf. He said, you're very good at reading lawns. Would you buy the coffee table book Reading yeah. Lawns by Glenn Hoddle? Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly oh, buy that. If he was doing a signing in the local <laughs> Waterstones, it's, uh, he must I imagine he's got a nice garden, Glenn. Don't you I imagine just, the lines oh, are cut? I think it's perfect. It's, it's like a bowling green yeah, out there. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we wanted to hear from you, as we said in the intro there, about things the stars have tried to buy from you. We're going to talk Fulham later on, and this uh, involves a radio presenter, TV presenter, and a man that was the... The PA announcer for many years, or the kind of host at uh, Craven Cottage for many years, Diddy David yeah, Hamilton. Also the host of What's in the Box on live TV. Do you, do you remember that TV oh, no, show? I don't. Quite an amazing I've TV seen, show. Oh, sorry, actually, I've seen <laughs> clips of it. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> amazing. Uh, yes. I mean, essentially, a box came down a chute and people would ring up and have three guesses. About what was in it? What was in the box. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mar- okay. It was an amazing TV Good show. Good format. See, if that was Ant and Dex, what's in the box, you get that away. It's, that's prime time Saturday There was night. one where the clue was, you'll need a check for this one, mate. Okay, so that's oh, the yeah. clue. So, okay. like, I don't know if you've got it, what it yeah. might be, right? Yeah. <laughs> question, you know, Dave in Bromsgrove Oxy rings settling in. cutting equipment. Is that what it was? <laughs> the question one, is it electrical? David Hamilton said yes. Uh, question two, do you plug it in? David Hamilton said no. Question three, is it electrical again? Just to confirm that, David Hamilton said yes. Here's your guess. Is it an electric checkbook holder? What you always, <laughs> what you've always dreamed of. Is that true? What, that's, I watched the whole episode. What, what wow. is an electric checkbook holder, and what is, why do you need it to be electrical? Why do you need a checkbook holder in the first place? Anyway, yeah, well, it's time um, for me. In this case, um, Diddy David Hamilton has the number plate DI, oh, sorry, D one D D Y, okay. as in. So you can mm. imagine that, of course, D one. Uh, DDY. Um, and he was in a car park one day, and who should walk up? The then Chelsea player, Didier Deschamps. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Um, and uh, he wandered up and he said, uh, I'd like to buy your number plate, please. He didn't know who Diddy David was. He didn't listen to what's in the box or <laughs> seen him at Fulham or watched his uh, continuity announcing on uh, on Thames TV all those years ago. But um, and Diddy David Hamilton didn't know what to say. So uh, he said... Um, of 20 grand and uh, Didier David sorry Didier David Hamilton <laughs> what a player he Didier. was just in front of the back four Didier. low centre of gravity Didier Deschamps said is that all wow. so he just got the negotiation wrong oh did he so and he went okay I meant 20,000 for the back one and 20,000 for the front one <laughs> Um, and uh, that was obviously too much for Didier David Hamilton because he uh, he didn't want to know after. He oh, never followed right? it up. Oh, wow. So there, he, he obviously underpriced it, but then overpriced okay. it. So 40 grand for it was, was too a, much. 
you know, Didier Deschamps is quite a, you know, he's quite a sort of, sort of in the dragon's den to say, I'll make you this offer, I'm out, without yeah. giving them any any negotiation. I, you know, I think maybe Didi Devon Hamilton didn't get the chance. Can I just talk to the room at the back? Yeah. Uh, before Didier Deschamps. But you're in a car park, you're on the spot. Someone says, how much do you want for your number plate? You know it's worth a lot of money. Sure. But then not great negotiation from uh, Didier Deschamps to say... Oh, is that all? No. I mean, it's not really the one. You just bite the bloke's hand off, don't you, if you think you've got a bargain. But then, obviously, money was no object, but it was, because when it got to 40 grand, he wasn't interested. Totally so ludicrous a, scenario. What a story that is. But anyway, it happened, I, I trust uh, David Atman implicitly, and so mm. I don't, don't doubt for a minute that that conversation happened. They called him a water carrier, but he was prepared, not David Hamilton, obviously, <laughs> but he was prepared to spend, um, well, not quite 40 grand on a number plate. Surely he did, he, David Hamilton, say, what about 30 as Deschamps just cruised back to his car. If we phoned uh, the, the French Football Association today, or we, we found a number for Didier Dunn, I'm trying to think some of the people we might know could have a number for him. Well, Philippe's coming on well, right if, now. If we ask Philippe Eau Claire, yeah. if he could put a call into Didier Deschamps and ask him, that day in the car, what would he have paid? <laughs> what would he have paid for Diddy David Hamilton? And has the moment gone? Could yeah. we arrange the transaction it, now? Is he still interested? Okay, you know, is I'm he maybe entering that sort of late middle-aged swinger phase where he wants a personalised number plate <laughs> on his Lamborghini? I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Who knows? We'll ask uh, Philippe. So here we are. So, so the reason we bring that up is we'd quite uh, like to know about the, the things that the stars wanted to buy from you. I think that one would fit into that category, yeah. wouldn't you? Just to be clear, it's not. I think we need to. We need to not. For example you know sort of Peter says I sold Chris Commons a cinema ticket uh, you know I worked at Odeon in Mansfield and sold one to Liam Lawrence that's not kind of what we it's want not, it's we're, not enough is it we're more interested in Neil saying Olympic silver medal swimmer Nick Gillingham bought a Sapale I don't know staircase from me you know oh. Nick Gillingham bought a staircase off me yeah that we accept that that's one. good yeah. the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Paul Hawksby, Matt Rushton here on Talk Sport. Why did uh, David Hamilton, um, Diddy David Hamilton, not try and sell his number plate to P. Diddy? Could have started negotiations at a million dollars. Well, the dream would be for Deschamps and P. Diddy to be in the same, yeah. to start, and then you could start haggling. But, but P. Diddy would be armed with the knowledge that we know that uh, Didier Deschamps won't go as high as 40 grand. So as soon as he gets to 40 grand, he's out the bidding, that is isn't true. he? Really? That is true. Um, if you missed the first 10 minutes, it won't make a great deal well, of difference. Nice. But it's your loss, isn't it? That was Stephen from Lisbon. Thanks very much, Stephen. Um, anyway, um, we've heard of comedians doing virtual gigs online, mm. uh, but how do you go on a virtual tour That's at the question. moment? Let's find out now, because if uh, an intrepid comedian, a man who's, or I think he's actually going to do this again, a man who uh, did, tw- he's done 24-hour um, gigathons in the past. Uh, Mark Watson joins us, Bristol City fan. Good afternoon, Mark. Afternoon, how are you? Yeah, we're good, good thank you. So, yeah, we were wondering this. How do you go on a virtual tour? Do you, do you not allow people from just over the border to uh, to uh, watch? Uh, well, yeah, I'd say the touring aspect of it has been slightly uh, minimised by the fact that it's now illegal to go to any of the places <laughs> that you can go in this country. Um, so, basically, I'm yeah, a, a lot of comedians, as you know, have been just incessantly uh, postponing tour dates again and again and again, putting them off to spring and then the autumn and so on. And basically, I've felt like I've had enough of doing that. So I've started honouring the original tour dates, but as Zoom gigs, which means that you get an audience that's half of them are somewhere like Leicester, where the show is meant to be. But then people are in from sort of San Francisco or something who realistically might not have come to Leicester in the original booking. So it sort of works out quite well for me um if you can get past the fact that it would have been nice to be in the actual theater obviously 
I mean, you, oh, I don't know. You never know. Some people might have flown from San Francisco. You shouldn't do yourself down here. Yeah. No, I'm off to oh, Leicester for a weekend. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I've got a partisan fan base in places like San Francisco that will often turn up in Barrow or Furness, but this is a bit easier for them. <laughs> the ultras. Um, so, the were you? Ultras, yeah. So, so I guess you know the the the, the nice thing. You know, the, the idea when you, when you do a gig in Manchester, right? You you sort of make it slightly about Manchester, don't you? And, and it's related to that. So you can you can do that sort of thing with at least half the audience. Right. I have been doing a bit of that. Um, I did a sort of in inverse commas hometown one in in Bristol uh, last week, and once more by in Bristol, I mean here in my house where I always am. Um, <laughs> but for that, we sort of replicated a bit of Bristol's skyline on the back wall. Um, sometimes I'm out of ideas, and I just print the words Otley Playhouse out on A4 and stick them up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's interesting trying. It's an interesting challenge trying to do, as you say, you've got a certain amount of local material that I can still uh, slip in because I've been to all these places before. I've travelled the, the length and breadth of the country so much. But then, yeah, you might also have someone in from Taiwan. You might have the Watson Ultras burning other comedians' flags and stuff and letting off the flag. <laughs> yeah. You've sort of got to cater to them. In fact, in a couple of these shows, I've had more people watching than would have been the capacity of the original theatre, which is obviously nice, but it's a bit of a challenge uh, mentally. Well, I mean, when you do Hexham or or you do Paynton, will you do sort of little digs at the, the neighbouring towns and cities as, as part it, of the school? That might be lost on the people from Taiwan, I guess. It, it does feel a bit weird, A, when not everyone is from there, and B, you're not even there yourself. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Um, so yeah. I slightly minimise the... And also, you know, local material used to be a case of saying, oh, here's a funny thing I noticed on the way here, mm. whereas now it's more reminiscing about a time you were there four years ago, which is not quite as much fun. Um so I'm still working out how to do it. And, of course, what you really miss is actually being in these places. Part of what I love about it being a... Not everyone does. A lot of people moan about the travelling and the touring. But, you know, for me, it's an intrinsic part of what I do, really, yeah. seeing places. Seeing, you can't really replace that. Um, but at least you can try. I feel like there's been so much cancelling and postponing. And so the, the it's not just me. There's a few comedians doing it. Uh, Deliso, Chaponda... Josie Long. And all of us basically have this mentality of, like, well, we've got to do, we've got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Um and it seems like there is an appetite for it because watching stuff that's actually happening live is... Plus, of course, in some ways, it's easier. You can still be in your house. Where do we get tickets from then, uh, Mark? I was going to do a joke about going down to your local theatre and knocking on the door <laughs> the box. It, it was a bit bittersweet to make a remark like that. Uh, yeah. uh, so it's all on... Like, you, if you Google me, uh, Mark Watson tour, you'll probably see, in amongst the stuff saying, all comedy tours cancelled forever... You go, oh, the actual website to go to is Impatient Productions, though. That's my production company. Okay. Um, impatientproductionsuk.com, I think it is, and you'll easily find... Uh, um, and there's still... Or it might just be .com. Anyway, you'll find it. Impatient Productions. Yeah, the, we'll uh, put it all in. And it's great you say, well, I, you know, I can't get to Warrington on June the 20th. Well, you don't have to. Anyway, mm. um, we're going to talk... Bris- yeah, you, you can, can anywhere in the world. Without any intention of going to Warrington. That's yeah. true. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with Warrington. Absolutely so, not. In case you, you do actually want to go there. So, um, uh, yes, uh, Dino has gone. Dean Holden um, has, has left the club and uh, we thank him for his service. Absolutely, no doubt, yeah. as clubs always do. We wish him the best for the future. Um, we were talking about when Jason Tindall lost his job the other week. It's a bit of a punt, isn't it, the step up for the assistant manager? It doesn't cost the club a great deal of money. It gives you a bit of continuity at a time. You probably haven't got to give somebody a three- or four-year contract. And, and so it proves again. It Maybe being the guy who yeah. makes the step up makes you easier to get rid of in some ways. I think there definitely is a perception. I mean, the fan base are 
have been all livid for weeks as results have deteriorated. So this was probably coming, although it's happened a bit faster than we thought. Um, and I don't know. See, Jason Tindall didn't even seem like he was doing too badly to me. And to no. be fair, nor did Holden. Um, but it did start to feel inevitable. In fact, when we lost 6-0 at the weekend, I started thinking that call from TalkSport to discuss Bristol City is only days away. Yeah. <laughs> we were waiting, we were waiting for the change of manager. We <laughs> put it yeah. in then. So. Have you found, Mark... The go-to for our club's crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found... Have you found well, I found with Cambridge, I know Bristol City are probably on Sky occasionally, and Cambridge don't get that far, but I found I follow has, has got me closer to the club in a way. I, I sort of see all their games and you know get to know who the yeah. players are. We are on Sky a reasonable amount, but nonetheless, I've, I've been able to see more games this season than probably any other season since I moved away from Bristol, which has been something of a mixed blessing in recent weeks. I mean, the 6-0 was on my birthday and I could have done without that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually feel sorry for Holden. I think there's a general perception among the fan base that, like you say, it was sort of a safe and cheaper uh, option, which might be unfair. But what is definitely uh, what everyone agrees on, I think, is that it's pretty embarrassing to have what they described as a rigorous uh, selection. It went on for absolutely ages, the original appointment. Um, so to then do that and within six months admit he isn't the right man makes us look, uh, yeah, pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course it happens a lot. I, I do feel sorry for the guy because he went in with a lot of the fans already thinking it was a, um, a cop-out, which means that, you know, if we had a bigger name manager, I think this run of four or five defeats wouldn't have killed him off. But as you know, if, if a boss starts with kind of 80% of the fan base already on the fence about him, then it's nearly impossible to ride these these bad patches out. Who would you like next, Mark? Well, there's a lot of talk about this, as you can imagine, across my WhatsApps. Um, I think Eddie Howe is the dream, mm. but by dream, I mean absolutely not uh, going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, the, the other thing is, I don't know, these days quite a lot of clubs just dig out a foreign coach like Daniel Farker or, you know, Thomas Frank. Or, so maybe my answer is, if we can't have Howe, just some German genius that no one knows about. Because <laughs> then yeah. at least we can get excited about him for a few weeks and someone can pull up a YouTube clip about why he's a tactical master and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. There is an excitement in that, in the old new, isn't there? Uh, before we let yeah, you go, because we're nearly out of time, we just want to, we just want to talk to you about very quickly about your new podcast. So tell us a bit about that. Uh, yeah, this is something I'm doing with uh, this guy called Michael Chakraverti, who was on the Bake Off a couple of years ago. And it's about, sort of masculinity um basically we we talked to a lot of different people about being a man and uh what it means it's called mankind um you'd think it wouldn't be that relevant to this conversation but actually stuff like football sport does come up all the time because he's not a sports fan at all and he's just not in his and the same for a lot of the guests so i'm constantly trying to explain why people get so furious um about football and why there's so much sort of hatred and aggression in sport <laughs> and what that's got to do with being a man so i've had to sort of think quite hard and i mean again the sort of thing you do think about when your club is um, uh, spiralling like we are. <laughs> well, good stuff. Um, it's called Mankind, and Mankind, I suppose you can yeah. find it wherever you find your podcast. Always a pleasure. Uh, good to talk yeah. to you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Fact, Max has already tweeted out the link, I can see, uh, yeah. to the tickets. Fair yes. Very yeah, good. Right. He's, he's on the, he's on <laughs> the case. He's on the case. Cheers, Mark. Thank you. Thanks. Nice to talk to you again. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. If you've been listening over the past few weeks, you'll know we've been checking in with Danny Kelly, the host of My Sporting Life. All of the My Sporting Life uh, interviews, in-depth interviews with sports, uh, great and good. They're all available on the TalkSport app. Uh, the whole archive's there, and there's some fantastic ones. We're just picking one at random, like a kind of My Sporting Life jukebox. And uh, today, uh, plucked from the archive, the great Michael Holding. And Danny joins us now. Hi, Dan. Good afternoon, chaps. Everything well, I hope? Yes, we're all good. Good. Thank you. He's always good value, Mikey, isn't he? Whatever he's talking about, whether he's, you know, co-commentating or working on cricket or just shooting the breeze. He's always always a joy when he comes in to see us. So spending a couple of hours with him must have been great. It was, and it's it's ironic because last week when we discussed the My Sporting Life with David Ginler, you asked me about being a fanboy. In fact, um, I was far more... um, you know, overexcited mm. about Michael Holding. I'm, I'm of an age where that West Indian team of the 70s and 80s was one of the first time I realised that a sporting team could absolutely dominate the globe. I grew up in the same part of London as you, Paul, so lots of West Indian people around me at school and, you know, friends and all the rest of it watching that team. And I genuinely believe that Michael Holding, um, and this is just a personal opinion, of course, is the greatest fast bowler that I've ever seen. Um, I don't mean like fast medium bowlers like Stuart Broad or whoever you want to make the comparison with, but somebody who whose sheer speed was enough, and skill, of course, was enough to intimidate uh, even the greatest opponents. So uh, I went into this interview um, a little bit starry-eyed, but actually you're absolutely right to say that we got, we got on very well. He's very good at talking. He's a very emotional man, um, and, and it really... Every one of the things he told me about his own life, well, there was a kind of feeling to it. It wasn't very matter-of-fact. He was great. And, and, you know, there is that cliche about people, you know, you, you could listen to them read out the phone book, but he has oh. <laughs> one of the greatest voices in broadcasting, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Oh, it, 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 you know, whether it, you know, the, the, the actor Mark Strong or, or, you know, Otis Redding, there are some people's voices who just resonate with you. Uh, I think resonate with the human species, and he's got one of those, hasn't he? Uh, and, of course, without saying on the other issues, uh, Max, you, you, you watch him so, so, for so long as a Sky commentator that you think you know the person until you actually sit down with him for three hours. 
Um, and then you realise, of course, we all have a little bit of a uh, an act to do on the radio. It's a little bit of a heightened personality. So it was fascinating to get to know him as well. Looking back over his career, then we're going to play a clip now from when he uh, talked about signing up in the mid-70s for uh, the World Series cricket in Australia. I got a call from Clive Lloyd. And when I got the call from Lloyd, he started to tell me about World Series cricket. I should make the point, this, all this was happening in great secrecy. Yeah, Cloak no and dagger. One because no if, if it got out, the cricket authorities would have stopped it. Oh, they would have found some way of trying to stop it or, yeah. or definitely stopping it. He told me about World Series cricket and this man from Australia was trying to do private enterprise cricket as it was called. And he said two people would come and, and see me in Jamaica to discuss it with me. And I said to him, who are these people? And he said Tony Gregg and Austin Robertson. And when he said Tony Gregg, because I remember this is just after 76 yeah, and yeah. 76 too. When he said Tony Gregg, I said to him, Tony Gregg, I don't want to talk to Tony Gregg. And he said, no, 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 he, he just listen to what they have to say. So eventually Tony Gregg and Austin Robertson arrived in Jamaica. They started telling me about this Kerry Packer and showing me pamphlets and thing about his woman's weekly magazine and his television station, Channel 9, and what he owns and what he doesn't own. And I simply said to them, listen, Skipper Lloyd says that he has signed. Just show me where to sign. You trusted Clive enough. Yeah, yeah, once Clive said he had signed and he saw no problem with it, I was happy to sign. Good stuff. Yeah, as you say, it's a great voice. He's just always a compelling listener, isn't he? So uh, fantastic. Yeah, and, 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 and of course, he's, he's, he's utter devotion to Clive Lloyd. Another, of course, another person I interviewed for My Sport in Life um, was, it shone through all of that because he was very young then, Michael, Michael um, and, and was prepared to let the senior man make the decision for him and what was a really controversial thing that they were doing. There's an iconic photograph and an iconic clip when you see it, and it's it's it looks like uh, Michael holding sort of um, it looks like he's taking a penalty. It's like a great football shot, but in fact he just kicked the stumps down. Um, and he's testing New Zealand, yeah, yeah. He spoke to you about that. Let's hear what he had to say. We had had pretty much enough, or I had had enough because the umpiring was atrocious. I think and biased, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There is no way that it was all mistakes. You can't make mistakes in one direction. <laughs> the batsman was Parker. I don't remember his, his first name. And he was looking to head towards the pavilion. And his bat is under his arm. If you look at the picture, you'll see it. One glove off, bat under his arm. And he looks at the umpire and the umpire just shakes his head. So he just stood there and put the glove back on. And when I saw that, I just, I just saw red. The mist came down, as they said. <laughs> because, you know, those days, well, I'm still at I look a bit emotional, but those days I was fiery and emotional. I mean, nowadays if it happened, there'd have been a global inquiry. I would have been suspended. I would have, I would have been fined. Would, lots of things. Would Questions have in, in various parliaments. There was an inquiry, you know, because there was a, an official inquiry, and what the I, what the New Zealand umpires told the person or the people that were holding the inquiry is that we were bowling too fast for them to see the ball. That's why they made so many mistakes. Give me a break. <laughs> what a great... <laughs> it's an amazing picture. I mean, wow. He's right I mean, foot, he's almost above it, his head and he's a yeah. tall It's fella. an incredible kick, isn't it? It's, yeah. like, it's like something out of a Royal Rovers, a drawing of a human being. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and we shouldn't forget as well. I mean, the way he and Ebony Rainford Brent and Nasser Hussein all spoke, you know, in the wake of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement and the way that they covered that, he spoke with... Of all the people across or everywhere, not just sport, he spoke with such clarity and such perfection on that. It was like an, it was a it was a mesmerizing five ten minutes. I thought it was a, it was a, the exact moment where his combination of intelligence and emotionality 
came to a, a laser point of perfection. That's exactly what was required. Both things were required to, to use the words that he did in the way that he did. And it was, you're absolutely right. I mean, he, these days he has an amazing life, Michael. Um, he spends the, uh, the winter months, uh, the European winter, uh, at home in Jamaica and then comes back here for the, uh, our summer, so-called oh, summer, life, um, so that he can look at racehorses all day. You know, mm. he lives near the races, races in Newmarket. And he had told me um, that these days he, he reserves his temper tantrums for bad jockey ship when he sees a <laughs> poor jockey ship. <laughs> poor, poor horsemanship gets him going. <laughs> oh, good stuff. OK, well, look forward to listening to that, Danny. Good to talk to you. We'll catch up with you next week. Absolutely. Bless you all. Cheers, Bye. Danny. Now, Danny Kelly there is with the whole archive. All the My Sporting Lives are available via the TalkSport app. Go and check it out. And you should download it for the cricket next week. Anyway, if you have already easy to swipe between TalkSport and TalkSport 2 and uh, yeah go along and listen to those fantastic sort of long form interviews rarely you get that much time with someone in the world of sport a brilliant racing commentator he'd be yeah, relaxed. It'd be quite, but the thing is, yeah. he'd still be commentating. There'd be like, like the last three furlongs. He's quite, quite laid back commentary exactly. wise. Marvelous, isn't it? isn't it? It would be, uh, it would be interesting. I remember chatting to him once, and we were just talking about chirping. You know, the yeah. batsman getting, and I said, "Did they ever chirp at you?" He said, "Oh no, they never chirped at me." <laughs> no. Can you imagine what you get back. Absolutely, dear me. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Paul Hawksby, Matt Rushton here on Talk Sport, and uh, we uh, mentioned earlier on that. Uh, Diddy David Hamilton, a yeah. one-time Fulham match day announcer, a DJ and TV presenter, was uh, approached in a car park many years ago by then-Chelsea footballer Didier Deschamps and uh, was asked if he would sell his D1 DDY number plate. Um, and uh, to which uh, he was asked to name his price. So Diddy David said 20 grand, to which Didier Deschamps apparently said, is that all? Um, and quick thinking, uh, Diddy David said, well, obviously 20 for the front one and 20 for the back one, but 40 grand was too rich for the blood. Uh, Deschamps has got this all wrong. Yeah. He just hasn't worked out how yeah. negotiation works at all. Yeah, so uh, there we are. So he didn't buy it in the end. No. But um, So you're telling us about the things that uh, the stars yeah. bought from you. Uh, Corvus, as British Lions rugby player Dwayne Peel, came round to my house when we were in secondary school together to look at buying quite a hefty Hewlett-Packard PC already preloaded within Carter which was that, well, that was the sort of online encyclopedia I think yeah. unfortunately he decided against the purchase but it has provided quite the anecdote yes <laughs> he's dusted down for us today <laughs> thank you so much um, Sean the West Brom fan says uh, wrestler and Alfie the same pet star Pat Roach bought a van from my dad <laughs> in the 90s bomber likes vans Fantastic. Mark said, uh, sorry, is that the end of that? Yeah, it is Mark? the end of that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fine. Mark so, yeah. says that. I wanted the that next bit. passive aggressive there, actually. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Mark said, yeah. I once sold England paceman Andy Caddick, Andy Caddick some fencing. Mm. Andy BBC newsreader Ed Stoughton, a barber jacket. Two separate transactions. They oh. weren't together. And Ronald says, Fatima Whitbread bought an entire collection of handmade wooden ducks from me at a, <laughs> at a car boot sale in 2004. And if she knocked him down? It's possible. Did you want to lay the ducks you out like come a... up when you say how much you want for those 20p? Is that all? 30 grand. Um, one of his whole life is, is just, did he, is that all Deschamps? Wherever he would go into shops, wherever he went, you know, a packet of frozen peas. And then they raise it and he 80. says, I'm not interested. Is that all? 60 pounds. No, that's too much. So Didier's never bought anything in his life because he thinks they're too cheap or too expensive. Scott says, I once sold Craig Brown a lava lamp. I never saw Craig Brown as a as a lava lamp. Maybe 
media's room is full of lava lamps. I mean, the, the tension of football management. I mean, it is quite therapeutic, isn't it, to watch, watch that happening. Um, this came from Ben, sent this earlier on, because he said, hello, guys, cracking 12 minutes so far. Oh, thanks. And normally, we only go about 12 minutes in us yeah. most days. When I was 18, I worked at Toys R Us on the collection point for computer games. One day, during their time at Derby, Ravenelli and Benito Carboni came in and bought Spyro the Magic Dragon <laughs> for the PS2. Whereas Daniel says, my mum's cousin sold her VW camper to Martin Clunes. Oh, <laughs> and, da- is- and Darren says, I sold Eamon Holmes a Christmas tree when I used to work in B&Q. He came in, picked the biggest one and left happy. Well, that's good. That's well done, uh, another satisfied customer. And to nick a setup from uh, Harry Hill, uh, two footballers' names, uh, Harrison Holgate and Harrison Reed. What is it about the footballers' name Harrison that makes me want to call them if I've had a slip, trip or fall at work? <laughs> you can, do you think it's a... Harrison Holgate. Yes. Well, I did. I came off the ladder and the governor wasn't it. Harrison Reed. Yeah. Well, he might be playing tonight. I'm sure he will be. Yeah. Uh, Scott's been in touch. Uh, Kevin Costner could only ever rely on the seven iron fully. I know what you mean. It's a sort of, it's, uh, it, you can get enough distance with the seven iron, mm-hmm. but also it's quite a, you know, it, there's some forgiveness in the seven iron where there isn't in the six or the five. Yeah. Uh, he'd had a row with the caddy, snapped his clubs, all of them, and then played the qualifier. And sorry, as a spoiler for those who just wanted to watch Tim Cup, one with just a, a seven iron. Yeah. So that's, well, that's cleared that up. Thanks. Because there much, was definitely Scott. a seven, uh, seven iron involved. Footballers' haircuts are very much in the. Oh, they really uh, yeah. are, aren't they? Yeah. Um, they've been reminded by the government uh, that uh, the government has something better to do than well, they, to remind Joe Linton well the trouble is when people complain to the National Hair and Beauty Federation mm-hmm. um, not great acronym <laughs> is it really I want to work on that one remember one there was one years ago there was an ele- uh, electrician's uh, union called Eat Poo and I used to think <laughs> not great is it if you're a member <laughs> It'd be difficult. Well, not that's how you have to qualify. Yeah, I mean, is if it? you're, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're moving. That's what they were. They were the initials. I'm not making this up. But uh, where were we? Um, yeah. So they had loads of messages right. um, last okay. week from people saying all these footballers have like, had trims. What are you going to do about it? They said, "Well, we're nerfbuff. We can't. <laughs> we can't do anything about it." So the government have had to step in and remind okay. footballers that if you work in TV and film production, apparently you can get a trim oh. for a part. Is that but, so? I mean, I think that might, must have been managed in a certain way. I do do a bit of paid work on Zoom, less of the TV. I cut my own hair. Maybe I can get it done. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that. Are you ready for a fresh I might trip? Be. I might need to have I, another go. I took a bit off the front. Do you know what? You start to be quite cavalier, don't you, during in these... And you think... Thing you wouldn't normally do, like just take. A, I took some clippers to to the front because it was getting a bit Kembala. Oh, you look very good. Paul. And the missus did the back, which okay. was because she's no. Can I turn she's, around? She's no hairdresser, but she just took no, a bit off the back. A reasonable job there. Yeah. Um, some of the, talking of the uh, USPGA, they've got quite a few videos of their guys at the moment who are cultivating mullets because yes, so Rory, got, Bur- Rory Burns is quite extraordinary. They've got no choice sure. at the moment. So um, yeah, footballers can't have haircuts or tattoos. Apparently. No, well, well, I was just about the tattoo, but on a Banyang's mm. tattoo. Yeah, a tattoo. They haven't got to the bottom of that. Alejandro Nicolas Nernal, because he could have been in Abamyang's bubble. You sort of think, you know, when the apocalypse reaches you, you know, and you say, what what am I going to offer, you know, to get in the bunker? You know, what what can I do? I can do a bit of two. I've got a few anecdotes. I can play the clarinet. Have you seen that? A tattoo artist is who you have in your body. You know, what do I really need? You know, at the you know when the world is about to end, how do we? Who do we save? The tattoo artist. Have you seen the new Jared Butler vehicle on Netflix? Green. 
Island. Have you know, seen that? It's an apocalyptic no. tale where uh, oh, members right. of the public are chosen at random for the certain skills they have to go into the bunker to oh, be saved. Is there a tattoo and, artist? Did uh, Alessandro make it in? Well, this is the thing. You're going to want at least one tattoo artist there, aren't you? <laughs> People are going to mark the fact that they, they survived uh, the, the, a comet. Hitting, hitting the earth. Um, you're right. I, I haven't thought mm. it through, and I absolutely yeah. good idea. You need idea at least one, but you need one barber. Imagine what a, what a reality show that would be. <laughs> that someone would hurriedly put that together. There's a there's a meteorite going to hit the earth. Start with Doctor, right? Yeah. Doctor's surely one, right? Yeah, I'd like to think so. Isn't Doctor up there? You know, maybe Doctor Nurse. Urban Dance Group. I've got to have one of those. <laughs> I have at least one <laughs> of those. Ashley Banjo's in. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Have at least one of those. We have a, a novelty a magician. Do you need a magician? Would you need Would you need one football pundit? For when football comes back, you'd need you'd need one, just one football pundit who, who could you, comment who on the games. In? Are you bringing in just one? Who are you going for? I, I don't want to put myself. I'm going to upset a lot of people I know personally if I just well, choose one. Roy Keane and Micah Richards are doing well at the moment. It's you know because <laughs> with the apocalypse, with the meteor, it's all about timing, isn't it? <laughs> it Twenty is. years ago, Alan Hansen was a shoe in. Yeah. Now it's Roy Keane and Micah Richards. Just the way true. it works, isn't it? Anyway, uh, we'll we'll leave that there. I think. Uh, but if you do want to keep telling us <laughs> about know. things that... I do another hour and a half on an apocalypse, I don't mind. If, if things that... Um, what is this? Oh, yeah. Considering the phone-in I was doing on that classic clip from 2008 when I was asking people how close you've been to death and what was it like. Yeah. The apocalypse is pretty light stuff for me. I sometimes feel like doing the show with you. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Quite a heartwarmer, that, compared yeah. with the many people who've been rushing to get into the bunker <laughs> this yeah. afternoon, uh, pushing their hand in the faces of humanity. <laughs> You're going to lead at least one builder, uh, we're told by Gab Cancello. But can you imagine, uh, after all the devastation, of Absolutely. course, of, that it's a film, it's called Greenland, it's Jared Butler, it's not happening, but they do cherry-pick people from different professions to go into uh, the bunker, basically to rebuild what's left of uh, this uh, beautiful world of ours. And a lot of people have been stepping up in the last hour saying, oh, I'm an upholster, you're going to need someone, you're going to, need someone to do the chairs. So I do like Gab says the builder coming out of the bunker going... Yeah. Gonna have to knock this all down. Yeah, and start again. The builder. I mean, builders juggling jobs is not the they like thing where you get the phone call at five to eight saying I can't come today. We've overrun on another job. <laughs> if you've got actually one building, you've got to rebuild the whole earth. That is going to be a nightmare, isn't it? I it's think been, I can come Wednesday. It's in been about, an apocalypse. So yeah. I'll, be a, I'll be a couple of weeks. You've got to give me a break, mate. You know, um, it's going to take a few weeks. See, Darren Drysdale has apologised for uh, uh, it, the footage. Is pretty extraordinary, isn't he? Because he's, yeah. he's much bigger than and, Alan Judd, and isn't he, he is. <clears throat> he's got that some um, Howard Webb build isn't he? he looks he's a bit of a unit oh, so. in, the, in the mail he's a he's a, a sergeant in the raf yeah uh, in um, waddington uh in 2004 was named combined services sports official of the mm. year due to his work for sport within the raf the 49 uh, year old attracted media attention in 2006 after bradford city's dean windass received a five match ban for swearing at him in the car park after yeah. a home game against brentford but i, I don't know I, what was said to him um, but he I mean, you know, he didn't like it. And no. Most refs are used to getting abuse. I don't know what was said in the moment or just something just, you know, I don't know. You, you think the adrenaline's pumping for these guys as well. They're in the midst of the game and they do put up with a lot. And maybe it's surprising that we don't see them react, however, in whichever way, yeah. uh, a little bit more regular. I, 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 hope, I hope from his point of view... It's the end of it, and that the Ipswich and the player accept it, and and he's able to move on. I think so. Refs shouldn't do that. But, no, but exactly. you know, people calling saying this is a this is a total disgrace. You know, like they're on the end of it a lot yeah. of the time. I think I agree with you. I was in a played a 
you know, playing in a friendly once, and a referee started on one of our teammates. You know, <coughs> really? he just said, "That's it, forget the game. You and me, let's go." And and like, it was quite that's pushing it. It is pushing it. it. Yeah. But what was quite extraordinary about it was it did it really because it was quite a narky game, and it really did kind of calm all the players <coughs> down. It was a contested throw, and yeah. after that, we were like, "No, you have it. No, you have it," because <laughs> we were just all terrified of the ref. We were like, "We just want to get it. We want to get the game done." So it had it sort of had a really <coughs> it had a really calming effect on all the players. Interesting. It was quite an interesting sort of reverse psychology. Maybe he was just trying to dial down the heat of that particular match by possible by getting well, a bit worked. close to it the play. The um, you were telling me earlier on uh, you saw this it was a clip from Scandinavia, a, a real "you are the ref" moment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, tell us what it, broadly what happened. Well, I don't know the game because I'm, my knowledge of football it <clears> stops <throat> just at. Swedish second okay. division. Right? That's where yeah. the that's where the cutoff is for right. me. But basically, the ball goes out of play, and the re- the manager is uh, a manager is in his technical area, and he picks up the ball and just he catches it. It goes out of play, and he catches it, and he lobs it to his centre back, and they play on. And as far as I can tell, it's a proper throw proper behind throw the head. I think he might lift one of might lift his back foot, right. but the linesman didn't see that, and then they just play on. And part of me thinks, why not? If it goes into the technical area, you know, sometimes Steve Bruce drags it out the sky, just, mm. or, you know, just play on get it back in so you think the managers if the ball's in the technical area and it goes to that manager that manager's allowed to get it back into play he, he becomes part of the team yes but only the technical area obviously yeah. otherwise it's ridiculous if his foot's outside the te- VAR would need to check <laughs> whether he was fully in the technical area <laughs> they need to calibrate area. the lines but it's interesting because it, it's 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 not something he does as a joke he just catches the ball immediately throws it to what looks like one of his defenders if he's one of their defenders that makes any difference yeah. we don't know what side he was on but he does but, it in the flow doesn't it yeah yeah, but if you did that in the Premier League, I would imagine you'd be sent off as a manager, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd be up in the stands, you get the red card. <laughs> Alan says, I'm a web designer, I have nothing to offer the bunker, but I can mm. knock up a great set of terms and conditions people need to click before yeah. going in. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, we're going to need someone to... I say we, like I've taken ownership of this. The intro, we were making the point earlier on that, uh, no, maybe I shouldn't go down this route. It's a bit too dark. I think I don't think I will. I don't mind but you going down this route. No, it's just, it's, it's just the idea that uh, if... If, if in this fictional moment where in this film Greenland the meteorite should hit um, and um, we think I, I've got this theory that Mark Strong of course the fine actor Mark Strong who's the voice of many public uh, information films has been certainly over the last year mm. I think he will be the voice of the apocalypse he possible. may well be the, I don't want to bring everybody down but there's no, it's not going to happen we're fine kids we're fine but if it does come up um, Mark's will be the last voice you hear so I just think in that little bit of reflected glory <laughs> the last thing you ever say on this planet Max will be I play five aside with Mark Strong. <laughs> They'll be the last words we Absolutely. hear. I look forward to it. You and do. then I say, and the microwave. Yeah, Where that's it. Are. Off it goes. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Glenn Hoddle last night was doing the um, Barca PSG game, and there was that moment where uh, Navas nearly messed things up, gave the ball to um, Griezmann, and he nearly scored. And in the aftermath of it, Glenn said something well, I thought A would make a very good DVD if those things still existed, like a, a Glenn Hoddle special a compilation for Christmas. And also had, had a slight sound of young Steptoe. Uh, have a listen to this. Oh dear, look at these keepers. 
Glenn Hoddle's oh dear look at these keepers yeah, Glenn on the front with a pair of goalkeepers he yeah. did play in goal once looking confused game absolutely on. he'd be having the gloves on he'd look, and he'd be dropping a ball and it'd be great goalkeeping howlers what, oh with, dear look at these keepers what, with that and reading lawns gosh yeah quite, what a prolific I day profitable B, day for Glenn BT Hoddle. are listening a BT sports special oh dear look at these keepers yeah. with Glenn Hoddle marvellous um, now you mentioned earlier on we were chatting to Sammy weren't we from the Fulhamish podcast mm. about the fact that a lot of um, uh, Scott Parker's um, press conferences have been put to the music of the streets. Yeah, post-match. Post-match yeah. when he's really feeling it. Oh, yeah. They stick it to a streets back. I think it happens pretty much every time now. They're always great. I'd heard one, okay. and it struck me that some of, the, some of the listeners maybe had not heard one. So we thought we would uh, take you to the travel with a bit of Scott Parker Marvelous. and the streets. When we come back, we're looking ahead to uh, Everton versus Manchester City live on TalkSport this evening. <laughs> I like to think so. Look, I, I can, I, I, I can, I can understand where people's, where people's uh, thinking is. Of course, I can. I, I also think that scarred a little bit, or that's helped a little bit from the last time we was here. And there's certainly a narrative. And at the same time, you concede goals like we was conceding early on in the season. I, I, I get it. But um, look, listen, I, I believe in this team. I really do. Do I, do, do I believe there's going to be struggles along the way this year? For sure, there is. For sure, there is. Um, but I also believe in this team and with, with a certain character, with a certain ingredient, we have quality. But I think we all realise, and you, you guys realise more than more than anything, in football matches and in, in teams, I don't just talk about teams that are fighting relegation, I talk about teams that are trying to win leagues, that you need you need something extra, something extra you can't coach, something extra you can't give on a training field. Um, you can try and develop it in a meeting room and, and, and on the field, of course. But, um, and that's what we need to we need to enjoy their moments, really. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Did Everton's titanic effort in the FA Cup against Spurs early in the week take too much out of them? Everton nil, Fulham two. You have to do better, of course. We lost a lot of game, too much at home, uh, not having a good performance like tonight. Calvert-Lewin past the goalkeeper, an equaliser in stoppage time for Everton. Most important is to reach the position in Europe. For the stability, of course, for the happiness. And Gundogan has it and has scored a wonderful goal for Manchester City. It's 3-0. In February, nobody's champion, nobody will be champion. In March, no one, game by game. City are on the front foot again, brought down by Jesus. Forrest it in for three. Manchester City running away with it. Every single game uh, has its own character, brings his own challenge with it. And uh, that's why it's just uh, difficult in every single game. Yes, Everton play Manchester City live on Talk Sport tonight on the build-up from uh, seven quarter past eight. Kickoff for that one. Joining us now with an Everton perspective is a chameleon podcast and Evertonian Sam Avery. Good afternoon, Sam. Hello, fellas. Yeah, it's it, a strange performance at the weekend, wasn't it? Really against I mean, a decent cup win against Tottenham, scoring five, and then really flat against Fulham. Fulham played well, but but still. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, Fulham did play well, but it was so disappointing after last Wednesday. I mean, like last Wednesday, that game against Tottenham was such a, you know, a, we so spirited the way we kept coming back and, and then scoring that, that extra time goal. I reckon in most of my lifetime, we wouldn't have won that game. But, mm. And then we did. And so you start to feel we can really push on now. And the game against Fulham was so bad. And what 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 really made me laugh was the, um, the whoever does the sound effects for the, for the TV, like coverage, like... I don't know what buttons they were pressing, but there was still Everton fans singing in like the 86th minute. And, you know, we, we we always get behind our team, but we'd not had a shot on target and we were 2-0 down and we were never going to get anywhere. And there was no no chat. I mean, 
to turn the crowd sound off would have been more realistic because most people would have gone home by then, I think. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Sam with Everton I sort of you know I've been talking about the Everton Cup which is finishing 7th and you know Everton it doesn't matter what happens in the season they can be you know they can be in danger of relegation and then somehow at the end they're 7th or they could be you know they're pushing for (laughs) they're pushing for 2nd or top 4 and then suddenly at the end they're 7th they're just sort of this constant that happens every year since about the mid 80s but even now that you know they've got you've got to look at it and go you know this is such a okay City are hard but you're still you know you, you can be above Liverpool. You're still in with a shout of the top four, yet there's no part of me believes that you'll do anything but finish seventh. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to disagree with you on that. And, and it's it, like, well, a week ago, we were looking at the league table, we were looking up, and now I'm starting to look, not, not down, but like the teams below are starting to catch up. West Ham have shot up. Chelsea have shot above us. And, you know, now you're thinking, all right, well, we've got a game in hand, but that game in hand is against Man City tonight. So as much as we go into that with, you know, total underdogs. Maybe that'll play in our in our you know in our favour. But it, it is just it's such a compact league table at the moment. That's why Sunday was so disappointing, and I'm still disappointed now. And I think football means so much more at the moment because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So when your team plays, you build up to it all day. And you know, I I've been trying to forget about that Fulham performance and. I open the, the cupboard in the morning to make myself a brew and I see me Everton mug there and I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. And I remember <laughs> it all and it's just comes back to me. You, you, know? you, you don't have an Everton so, nil Burnley, uh, Everton nil Fulham 2 mug, do you? That would be a disappointment. Not yeah, very specific. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's in the post. It's coming from yeah. Moonpig, I think. Someone's sending it to me. No, Calvert-Lewin is being rested for the derby by the sound of it. And uh, you know, I'm sure you would have pre- preferred to have played Liverpool off the back of uh, uh, after that defeat uh, against Leicester rather than playing them after that win last night yeah I wish I could get rested for the derby for just like a few days <laughs> yeah. um, to feel a bit more mentally prepared for it um, I mean uh, to be honest despite everything I've said I do go into tonight with a little bit of confidence because I think the way we've played this season against the, the teams above us and the teams who are kind of traditionally better than us I think we've been really really you know, outstanding, if not great to watch for the neutral. We've, we've really con- kind of controlled parts of the games. The our away form's been fantastic. Obviously, we're not away tonight, but I think playing Man City, I think we'll sort of treat it like an away game. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, we will do it all again tomorrow. We've got the birthday spread. Oh, such a, it just gets bigger and bigger, the birthday yeah. spread, the more I lose. You won it? Paddy's Challenge today. Would you rather win Paddy's Challenge or the birthday spread? No interest. In Paddy's Challenge. It's like the League Cup. The birthday spread is like the Champions it's League. It's the Champions League. Okay, we do we do battle again with Andy Jacobs and official scorer Jeff Peters. Uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.